raven croaks, the wing rustles the last of the leaves clinging desperately to an oak here and a beech there. Time to put on another sweater. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. Camping in the Machias Lakes region a few falls ago, my only goals were to relax and absorb the last of the season. But relaxing gets harder for me with every passing year, as evidenced by my need to bring a suite of mushroom field guides, a journal to write and draw all my mushroom discoveries in, a thick paperback novel, printouts of a variety of trail descriptions, my camera, a knitting project, and a whittling project, all for just a weekend camping trip. But I also brought my hammock, which I have found is quite useful as a forced relaxation tool since there's only so much mushroom identification one can accomplish while hanging in a not-at-all-productivity-enhancing position. So, once I had photographed the fog licking the lake's surface amidst so many shades of red, orange, and green just after sunrise on the first morning, identified two new-to-me mushrooms, drawn them, eaten breakfast, and found that only a couple hours had passed, I decided the hammock wasn't such a bad idea. I strung it up between the only two trees I could find that were at the proper distance apart while still allowing a view of the lake, but found that I kept getting poked by a shrub adorned with bright red fruits, which is the topic of today's episode, winterberry. In October, the bright red fruits of winterberry often go unnoticed amidst the stunning range of red, orange, yellow, and green painting every nook and cranny of the natural world. But come November, when the landscape turns nearly grayscale and we're not even rewarded with reliable ice and snow for outdoor recreation yet, that splash of lipstick red on the landscape is a most welcome sight. Winterberry, or Ilex verticillata, is native to eastern North America and is a member of the holly family, Aquifoliaceae. Botanically, a more appropriate common name for winterberry might actually be winter droop, because the fruits are actually droops, characterized by having only one hard seed in each fruit. Berries can have many seeds in one fruit, and berry seeds are not coated with a hard layer. Botanical nomenclature aside, this time of year is a great time to learn to identify the shrub because its bright red droops boldly announce its location in usually wet areas, like swamps or in the edges of ponds or damp ditches. These red fruits are about the size of a plump highbush blueberry and are arranged around the base of the leaves along the branches, so they spread their color out on a given shrub quite evenly. Winterberry shrubs sometimes hold on to their fruits all winter, depending on how hungry area birds are. Birds tend to treat these fruits as one of their last resorts and seem to prefer them once the fruit has softened after several hard frosts. Note that winterberry fruits are not considered to be edible to humans, though if you're a fan of drinking yerba mate, this beautiful shrub provides a local and native alternative. Winterberry and yerba mate are both in the same genus, Ilex. While winterberry does not boast any caffeine content, as opposed to South America native yerba mate, which does, the leaves of our native winterberry still offer a pleasant tea-like bitterness. As with any wild food, however, make sure you consult a few field guides and a person already familiar with the plant before you go grazing through the forest. So the next time you're outside and feeling dismayed about the drabness of November after such a wildly colorful October, you could try exploring the edges of swamps, wooded creeks, and roadside ditches in search of the bright red fruits adorning the winterberry shrub. You could even make note of its exact location if you want to come back to sample the leaves come spring when winterberry is a little harder to identify. 
You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer in our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) 